0: Hey y'all, this is a special bonus episode we're releasing at the request of our Patreon subscribers. We normally do true crime headlines as part of our weekly bonus content, but when we covered the new Texas abortion ban, SB8, our Patreons asked if we could make it public
1: so they could share it. We hope this provides a quick overview for you on what the law means, its constitutionality, and where the law is headed going forward as it impacts all people seeking access to reproductive care. We recorded this a few weeks ago when the law first went into effect. Since then, there have been some news updates, movement and litigation challenging SB8, and clarifications in the analysis of the law, including who it does and does not apply to. So as we say in the segment, be sure you keep up with the updates on the law as it impacts you and those you love. Thanks so much for listening, and keep it creepy. We're doing a little bit of a different. Uh, what it, I mean, I guess it's technically a true I think crime headline—the truest of crimes—and
0: it's definitely um, a
1: headline because it's, I mean,
0: nationally, perhaps globally, yeah. a headline at this point.
1: Yeah. So today we're going to talk about, because I've gotten DMs, we've gotten comments, on emails, every, Patreon emails, questions, yeah. Everything to add. Talk about the most recent, it's called the Texas Heartbeat Act, but it's known as SB8 in most places, uh, about uh, the new abortion ban. I mean, it, let's call it what it mm-hmm. is in Texas. So if that's not something you want to listen to, all by all means, we understand uh Peace out. But so this is <laughs> yeah. our
0: Don't to worry, each I, their I'm their not own. you
1: for it. Uh yeah, to each their own. But for those that
0: yeah. are interested in what this ban is about, what you can do to help all of the um the women and just people in Texas and everywhere that are trying to put a stop to this, we'll do a call to action for several things and mm-hmm. kind of just explain how we got here, which uh, the answer is who the fuck knows, and then what exactly this is. So Heather's going to break down a lot of the legal
1: stuff, which is always helpful. For sure. So from a kind of a just general Texas politics perspective, in 2018, the citizenry of Texas voted uh, and more progressively than they really had before. That's when you saw Beto kind of, you know, he was within slapping distance of Ted Cruz. Didn't get to slap him. Wow! But (laughs) only we were all within slapping distance of Ted
0: Cruz. What a Um, joy!
1: But then, so so you got to see, you know, more Democrats take legislative positions in state, the you know, in the state level as well as at the the federal level. But that meant, you know, it was it was a little bit of a milder um, session. There wasn't too many extremist things happening. Well, then in twenty twenty, for some reason. It was regressive. I don't know if people just thought, you know, you sit on your laurels, you go like, oh, everything's fine, like, and didn't come out to vote in like they should have. And so we see a more aggressive majority, conservative majority in Texas. And you get things like we had, I could do a whole episode on the egregious voting restrictions uh, act that just went into place as well. And then you see this Texas Heartbeat Act. I'm not going to sound cynical for a minute, but I think Greg Abbott was super gung-ho on this and the other uh, legislators were super gung-ho on it because it's almost like a race to as far right as possible here because, you know, Greg Abbott is coming up for reelection, and meaningfully he's being challenged by two other Republican challengers. There will also be Democratic challengers, but... At this point, it's like who can grab the most votes from the most people. And so I think that this law was an extreme way. It's basically a way, a flag for him to wave and try to get reelected. And the same for the legislators who put it into uh, into effect. He
0: has done a lot of shit over the past two years that the people of Texas have not looked favorably upon, including his constituents. With the whole ice storm and just he's been under the um, magnifying glass for a while. So I totally agree that this is all just a play for votes and everything in politics is a scam. And that's how I'm going to sum that up. (laughs)
1: You're not wrong, and I, you're you're totally right too. I think that this is a way for him to oh look over here yeah. don't don't look at how I left you without water mm-hmm. and heat and electricity for so long, and it literally was on his shoulders because of a lot of the the things he. Did. I mean, we can get into a whole nother thing about the ice storm, but I think that that's what the purpose of this mm-hmm. was. The effect of it, the impact on it, is that it is effectively banning abortion in texas when you first posted about it on facebook people started talking about it i have to admit law school warps your brain i'm very much like i have to read about this myself i'm not gonna get heated about it and then later that day i started texting you and i just went oh my god and you said what's wrong and i said i finally read the law holy shit i think i sent you a link and i was like
0: uh it's truly the end of times and you were like oh i hadn't really read it yet and then you read it and you're like this is really bad
1: yeah, I said, oh, my God, this is unprecedented, which is, um, I'm always, well, I like to pat myself on the back when I then go look up what legal legal scholars are saying about something and they say, oh, my God, holy shit, this is unprecedented. So glad I'm not an alarmist, uh, but I really try to be pretty even killed when I read you know, and, and think about the implications of laws and what's going on here. So we'll just break it down. So uh it went into effect Wednesday, September 1st. It is... It's been called by legal scholars the most intense restriction on abortion since the 1973 decision Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion across the country. And the really, I think the scary thing and the scary headlines were, oh, then the Supreme Court ruled on it right away and they said it was fine. Not really. So 24 hours-ish after it took effect, they, the Supreme Court did rule on it. It was a 5-4 ruling with Chief Justice Roberts siding with the more liberal justices. And they allowed the law to go into effect simply on a technical matter. It says in the, the thing, we're not deciding constitutionality today. This is merely a technicality. We can get into the shadow docket and how problematic it is and how this was a political hack job. But the kind of... I guess hope that we have is that I I'll go ahead and say this is a facially unconstitutional law. It's unconstitutional under the Texas Constitution and it's unconstitutional under the federal Constitution. I just don't know how long it's going to take to get back to the Supreme Court or to even get to the Texas Supreme Court and that what that means is in the interim while we're waiting for it to be ruled on Effectively, abortions is ba- abortions are banned in Texas after six weeks,
0: which is after six
1: weeks. Most women don't even know they're pregnant uh,
0: before six Correct. weeks,
1: and also, you know, they they hinged it on this whole fetal heartbeat, but medical and legal experts say that's really misleading because embryos don't have a heart at that. That developmental stage. So it's a sound. It's like an echo sound, but it's being mistaken for a heartbeat. When in fact, it's there's no heart at that time. I think it's it was and they know the impact, right? The people that drafted this are smart lawyers. We'll get into the tricky part of it and why it's so different than any other law. So, what happens when a law is facially unconstitutional like this one and like most? excessively if restrictive abortion laws that go into effect, the state says if you get an abortion, these are the consequences. We are going to whatever it's a fine it's a whatever it, it bans it after a certain uh, a certain number of weeks or whatever. Well because the state is going to be the one to you know put it into effect to enforce it, then people can sue and say, Hey, Supreme Court, I need you to look at this. There's an imminent act, uh, an imminent harm from a state actor. And so that's when the Supreme Court can step in and that could, you know, they they call it pre-enforcement injunctive relief. Right. The law hasn't even got into effect. But if it did, I would be in trouble. Well, this law isn't enforced by the state. It's enforced by anybody. I put that in air quotes. Anybody. It's like a citizen's arrest for your uterus. It's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. So, it's. I mean, to say it's unprecedented is like you and I were having this conversation. Of you know, you said, "Who? What do you mean? These folks can just sue for no reason?" I am like, "Yeah, like if you know, you and I live next door to each other, and, and uh, an arsonist comes and burns your house down, you can you know sue them for damage or whatever. Somebody steals stuff from you, can sue them for conversion." I can't sue them for conversion because my house didn't get burned down. My stuff didn't get stolen. I'm not the one who stole them. I don't have a dog in the fight, so I can't sue them. That's what's called standing, right? The Texas Constitution allows for uh, people to you know, come to court with their issues, and the people that can come are those who have had injury done to them. So, I mean, it, it you have to have a concrete injury done to the plaintiff, and they you have to personally be the one that's injured. You don't sue on third parties' behalfs, and you have to demonstrate like what you have to prove when you go into court is that you have suffered an injury. But what the law, what SBA does is it expands that jurisdiction by statute. And, you know, we we do have what's called a, a tam action, which is like whistleblower, right? Like if there's government fraud, you haven't been defrauded, but you have knowledge of it then you can sue on the government's behalf. And that's a whistleblower action. That's one thing. But in this case, the Texas Constitution specifically, I mean in recent case law, I want to say it's like 2015 or 2016, said that you cannot expand the court's constitutional jurisdiction by statute. That's there's like separation of powers issues. So that's exactly what this law is. So did. how does something this a... like
0: this get passed then?
1: Bunch of fucking I mean
0: but like <laughs> I mean I'm I'm serious like if it's illegal, if that like yeah. how is how did this happen? That's a great question. If I'm yelling uh, uh I'm so- I like I told a little bit. It's okay. I told you of yeah. all the things that of all the issues that I am passionate about, this is by far the most the one I am the most passionate about. I do yep. not think anyone has the right to make a law um about what a woman can do with her body, especially a bunch of fucking men and one of my biggest issues with this is there's zero um accountability or any anything that happens to a man you don't get pregnant on your own uh-uh. and so uh there's nothing written in this in this ban that has anything to do with a man getting fined, a man possibly well, you can sue him,
1: you can sue him. So that's so let's we'll debunk a couple things. There's no criminal penalties and there's no fines. What it does is allows you to get sued. So you could sue a man if he's your Uber driver, if he's a doctor, if he's uh the clinic you, front desk what worker. under what
0: that you know that he got a woman pregnant and she got an abortion.
1: That's a great question because the law is so broadly written that it says any person can sue anyone who aids and abets an abortion, including if you have the intent to aid and abet an abortion. My thing is, an abortion is impossible without someone being pregnant. So arguably, a man who got a woman pregnant who then she got an abortion, I believe you could sue him based upon how this law is written. The law is written that you can sue any person that touches the abortion process. That's the that's the big issue right now. That can include uh domestic violence and rape counselors who say you've this you've been attacked. Here are some of your options. If you say your option is to terminate the pregnancy, you can get sued as the counselor. If you're the Lyft driver that takes her, you can get sued. So it's anybody that touches the process or intends to help, which that intent to The question then becomes, if you donate to the T-Fund, which is the Texas Equal Access Fund, and that fund then goes to pay women to travel to places where it's easier to get Mm -hmm. access to reproductive care, if I donate to that, have I then – I donated with the intent that someone would get an abortion. Can then they go into the T-Fund and say, we want to see a list of Mm -hmm. all your donors, and we're going to sue every one of them? Could they? And the way, the very vague way that this law is written, they could. It's extremely
0: broad, and you think that that was done intentionally because they know that this isn't really going to
1: stand up, but they're just getting, they're doing this to get votes. Correct. the The whole and, and by the time it does get seen, which probably two three years, but seen by is, the Supreme Court. Yes, and and ultimately struck down. It's going to be a moot point because by then they will have either gotten right. reelected or moved on to another office or whatever. This isn't in my opinion, incredibly short-sighted, and it was drafted to what happened at the Supreme Court uh, this last two weeks ago was exactly what they designed it. So the purpose was they knew that the Supreme Court will only step in where there's imminent harm by a state actor for a pre-enforcement injunction, and because here there is no state actor. It's just citizens. It's deputy rando down the street can just sue you if they think that you're going to help your little sister or your cousin or your mom or whoever. That's if they think the fucking wild wild west. Yes, I mean so, we are living because... in the Handmaid's Tale. Well, I don't know that it's. Um, I don't think it's alarmist to draw some likeness to Nazi Germany when they and they they really did say, hey, teens, report your parents, report your teachers, report... I mean, yeah. it's not... I don't think it's... I think a lot of times people are like, well, the Nazis did this, and it can be a little bit like, let's not invoke right. that. But in this case, at least the actions of, well, we can't be everywhere, so let's just yeah. tell people to be report on eyes. each other, report yes. on your neighbor. Yeah, so you're supposed to report... There's no exception in cases of rape or incest. There is an exception for medical emergencies. Do we really want judges to be like, well, I disagree, and... uh We actually think that that wasn't uh, an exception. And so, yeah, now you have to pay $10,000 in damages. It's a bounty. Yeah. And 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 because of that, people
0: are going to... I mean, some people on Reddit were saying, like, so could I get my girlfriend pregnant and then take her to get an abortion and then turn her in? Like, literally a bounty.
1: People are monsters, first of all. And I think arguably you could, but then I say she's countersues him because he's the one that got her pregnant. And he he gave her a ride. You gave her a ride. You told her she should right. get an abortion. But That's the, way, the fact that way, even people are thinking that way yeah. is well, so pe- the dangerous. The capacity for disgustingness is uh, unfathomable. No, you're right. And then the really horrifying thing is, is normally you can try to sue for attorney's fees if you can prove something's frivolous. The statute specifically says the defendant cannot ask the plaintiff for attorney's fees. There's nothing to lose. There's no incentive not to well, do And it. how is that? How How is that? How did that how did that get passed? I'm telling they they put all this in here. And when you have people that don't vote in either don't vote in their local elections. And so your senators and, and House representatives at the state level and or you can't vote or your vote doesn't count as well because Texas has a lot of these voting restrictions in place. Then you have. I mean, there's no there's no check on them the check is normally the courts and what they have done here is extreme bit of tricky lawyering that what normally would stop this which is you can sue and say hey state you can't enforce this which is what happened in Mississippi and the Mississippi case is going to be seen it'll it, the the it'll be seen i think in the fall or the spring and um, it'll it'll be on the Supreme Court's opinions for next summer. And it's Dobbs versus Jackson Women Health. And the state of Mississippi banned abortions after 15 weeks. Well, that's the state of Mississippi is the one that is banning it. So there's a pre-enforcement injunction. So right. it's, not it's not in effect people. now. It's the state. Yeah. But it's not the pe- it's the state. So you can posit if it's the state. Well, on purpose, Texas made it the people because they knew the federal co-
0: shady assholes.
1: I mean, they knew what they were doing It's tricky, tricky, tricky because they know. I guess my question, though, is and maybe the
0: answer is they don't have one. Like, what is even the explanation or justification they're trying to weasel in of like how this could even be justified that the you would not get your court fees paid for, but you have to pay. Like, how is that? even? How are they justifying that?
1: Well, when he signed the bill, Greg Abbott said 56,000 women had an abortion in Texas in 2019. And so I'm saving around 50,000 lives and or it was a right to life organization or something. They don't care about the rule of law because they think they're on a moral mission. He said our creator has endowed us with the right to life and I think I'm protecting. So it's he's ruling. I mean, he's his language indicates to me that he is not ruling appropriately because as a governor, you should in good faith not sign into a law that's unconstitutional, not only under the state constitution. Constitution, But it's under the federal constitution as well. But governors do that shit all the time. And I would say if you're so pulled, swayed, clouded judgment by your religious beliefs that you can't execute the functions of your office, then you're not fit for office. And wouldn't that be a
0: violation of separation of church and state?
1: Well, I mean, he's not saying I'm making a religious law here. Um, kind of. Yeah. It does, I mean, that's the, that's the if whole thing if of like, he's saying been...
0: our creator. I mean, that's all yeah. very religious language, and that I'm saving lives and stuff. He's basing it all on his religious beliefs.
1: The trick is it's not written that way. He said that out loud when he signed it with a smile and they drafted it like they drafted it, arguably for that reason. And the whole thing is that's why we have the Constitution, which I always sound like you always say you're Walter from the Big Lebowski of like we have rules. (laughs) I'm the same way. But with the Constitution, I'm like, we have the fucking Constitution. No one wants to listen. And also, I'm not an originalist on the Constitution. And I think that's the issue we're going to see with the Dobbs case and with the now conservative majority of the Supreme Court we have is that. Roe versus Wade, the constitutional right to an abortion, it derives from the due process clause of the 14th Amendment and they said the right to privacy in that clause protects a pregnant woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. But it said because this is how our our government works, right? We have the constitution that lays out it's a baseline and it was written a million years ago by white old men. And so what we've had is we've had the Supreme Court, Marbury versus Madison, like the court is the one that is Uh, assigned to interpret the constitution and what it means so to me amy coney barrett justice scalia who i met and was so funny and so nice their uh judicial concept of the constitution is uh, fucking absurd originalism is nonsense it's Originalism says if it's not written in the Constitution, then therefore it's not a constitutional right. So their argument that the, du- the Amy Coney Barrett in essays that she's written, she hasn't been on the bench very long, but like Scalia, others that are subscribed to this originalist perspective say the Constitution does not say you have a right to an abortion. The Constitution says you have a right to privacy, so therefore you don't have a right to abortion. You see how this is absurd, though, because things like, I don't know, paper money, the yeah. federal government paying for highways. None of that shit's fucking in there because there was no yeah. paper money. They used doubloons yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. Well, so I mean, the entire have to world have a has, Supreme has changed since
0: So why wouldn't your yes. laws and rules adapt? Yes. It's not like we yes. all fucking wear powdered wigs and yes. quills to write with still. So yes. it makes zero 100%. sense.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so, like, if you say, okay, the Fourth Amendment says you have a right against unreasonable search and seizure by the government. Well, like, they can search your cell phone because it doesn't say they can't search your cell phone. Like, well, are you cell fucking kidding didn't me? Exists back then. George Washington Thank didn't you. text. Sorry, I am lit up. I'm lit up, too, because I think originalism is extremely dangerous because you could see if you said, okay, well, we're going to go with what the words say. Well, the words would say that my fiancé is proper, Right. Like, and the words would say ironically, ironically, we shouldn't even get, a, get to vote. So why are you yes, sitting on the bench, s- woman? Yeah, so I'm like, go fuck yourself with originalism. But the problem – then that's that's the danger when we have this – uh, conservative majority. And, and I would say Gorsuch is slightly a textualist. Gorsuch, I appreciate he's like a here's the thing, too, about originalism. Amy Coney Barrett has said in her essays that she's written on the subject because, you know, law professors and lawyer legal scholars, they write a bunch, which is great, because then you later you'd be like, gotcha, right. yeah, wrote it down. But she has said, oh, I get it. Like, there are some issues with originalism, like paper money, like Federal funding of highways. But anyway, I still subscribe to it, especially with abortion. So to me, that's not a rational ethos. That's just like someone manipulating the mm-hmm. law, where it basically benefits yeah, you. Totally. The, the one, one reason why I can respect Neil Gorsuch is that he's just like the words of the law say this. That's uh, that's why I'm going with it. So people were super pissed whenever he voted for protections for LGBTQ like trans people. Ultimately, because he was like, well, the law says discrimination on the basis of sex, and like if you are biologically one gender and but you present as a different gender, that's discrimination because you can't tell someone of one sex how to dress. That's discrimination. Like that's the words of the law. If you didn't want it to to be interpreted. It that way, shouldn't have wrote it that way. So I can respect that ethos where you actually follow through. But to me, the originalism is like fully bullshit because she concedes, like, well, but like sometimes, yeah. you know, you can see how it wouldn't work anyway. That would be really silly. But I that's how I believe in abortion. Yeah. So the issue that we have is that the constitutional right to an abortion has been established through precedent, starting in 1973 with Roe versus Wade. And that even that said. You have a right to the right to privacy includes a right for a woman to choose whether or not to have an abortion. However, the court said it's not absolute and it has to be balanced between government's interest in protecting a woman's health and government's interest in protecting prenatal health and prenatal life, ultimately. And then in Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which was years later, they reaffirmed that constitutional right to an abortion. They struck down, though, Roe v. Wade was like, you can't. It was trimester based. So Planned Parenthood v. Casey struck that down, and they created the Undue Burden Standard. And that said, you have a constitutional right to an abortion. However, states can make restrictions on them, but the the restrictions states make— can, are unconstitutional if they're enacted for the purpose of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking the, an abortion of a non-viable fetus. So six weeks, that is a non-viable fetus. Mississippi, 15 weeks, that's a non-viable fetus. So under the framework of Planned Parenthood v. Casey, these are, I mean, facially unconstitutional, unconstitutional laws. They're going to the Supreme Court for the purpose of they're offering it up on a dish for... The conservative majority, including Amy Coney Barrett, to say, do you want to undo since 1973 decades of precedent and say that the constitutional right to privacy under the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment no longer includes abortion? We're turning That's back the, the clock
0: and it's Correct. just,
1: I mean, abysmal. It makes yeah, it makes so
0: every part of me hurt.
1: Yeah, it's pretty horrifying, especially when you understand that if you, you know, and I get it because I I have people in my life that are extremely religious or extremely conservative that say, you know, I really want to protect a baby no matter what. And there's a lot of times, you, you know, you can't, you're not going to. Change, I'm not going to change someone's religious beliefs, right? I get that. However, I will say we're not a theocracy. We don't live in a Christian society. We don't live in a Muslim society. We don't live in a uh, satanic temple society, possibly, although apparently the leader said like, anti-Semitic stuff like Jesus Christ. But we don't live in a, you know, a Semitic society. We live in a Mormon society. We live in a democracy, right? So not one religion shouldn't prevail. And so that's why we have this constitutional right, because we have the Constitution that tells us the baseline is you have a right to have an abortion where the fetus is non viable, and I think the danger is when religion gets mixed in, emotions get gets mixed in when I'm not a doctor, and it, even if I were, I'm not a doctor to all fifty thousand women or however many thousand women need to get abortions in Texas. So the baseline is that they have access. They should, under the the U.S. Constitution, their right is that they have access to that. Texas can make people read pamphlets or watch videos or whatever the bullshit that they put everybody through. Unfortunately, because that's you know under the constitutional framework, they're allowed to do that. But those choices of like it should be outlawed. It shouldn't because. Those choices need to be made from a woman who's going to see her doctor, what her doctor tells her, or her provider tells her, and then her own religion, whoever she prays to. Like that's such an important choice that I'm not here to put my fingers in that pie because, like, that's that's way that's way too many people. There's way too many possibilities, and we live under this constitutional framework. And I think what we've seen with the Supreme Court over the last mm, four years has been a politicizing of the Supreme Court like never before. And people, in fact, got pissed off at Neil Gorsuch for not being non-political, just like they got pissed off at Kennedy for being not. Basically, they're like, you're our puppets. We put you in there. Do a dance for us. Do what we want you to do. And when they follow the law, people get pissed off. And they're like, Chief Justice Roberts sucks because he didn't strike down Obamacare. He followed the law. Mm-hmm. That I respect John Roberts. I will always respect John Roberts. Dude follows the law. Like, Sometimes I don't like how he comes out on stuff and I wish laws were drafted differently. But so far, Neil Gorsuch follows the law so far. The other justice, except for on this one, I don't I think Neil Gorsuch really like embarrassed himself by signing this majority on upholding the law and the technicality, although technically speaking, it was drafted for what to happen ha- to happen. They wanted this to happen. They wanted the Supreme Court to go. Eh, it's a technicality. We're not saying it's constitutional. Anyway, see you guys in a couple of years. Whenever this goes, how can the court. they not fast track it? Okay, so uh, there's a case uh, pending before the Fifth Circuit, which is a notoriously conservative circuit. I mean, it covers Texas, and the uh, Center for Reproductive Rights represents the one of the parties, and they said, "Okay, this is imminent harm. Can we please ask for expedited?" arguments, expedited hearings, and the Fifth Circuit goes, nah. So we're just gonna have to wait. So what this and boils the, the- down to is um voting. I think so. I think that's why when somebody's like, I'm really passionate about environmental justice or racial justice or reproductive rights, I'm like, that's cool. That should be your second thing that you're worried about. The first thing that you should always be worried about is voting, because we wouldn't be here if Greg Abbott wasn't our governor. Right. We wouldn't be here if our senators and our the the House members and the senators at the state level voted like they did, if they were held accountable. I mean, I think we should actively, if this law upsets you. I think if you're a person who loves the Constitution, it should. Or because just honestly. Loves, you... uh, women? Well, and it's not just women. I mean, trans people, non binary people, they need access to this health care too. And it's like you're it makes every it should make everybody pissed off that even if it's something that you you know if you're like I don't think there should be any abortions you're right to have that opinion you're constitutionally wrong mm-hmm. and you should care that a law like this exists because there's nothing to say that that the state doesn't go well we can't infringe on the right to protest because that's unconstitutional right the state can't say you can't protest because the first amendment you have you know right to free speech but we're going to say if a citizen is Uh, late to work or just doesn't like it, that they can sue every protester and get $10,000. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Exactly right. Or the same with even if you're on the other side and you're really worried about your guns, right? If you say, okay, well, California said if I have actual knowledge that my neighbor has a gun, I can sue them and get $10,000. It becomes, like you said, it's just a bounty. It's a goddamn, it's a free I mean, it's the
0: wild, wild west. People are just turning in others
1: for rewards. Yes, ultimately, and and you know it's that's what I like. I said to me, it's one thing if you just say I don't care about our constitutional framework. I don't. I just don't care. That's fine, but we cannot live in a society where we don't care about it because those are the guardrails that keep us from falling into a theocracy. It's all well and good when the governor votes like you do and believes right. like you do, but God help you if it's the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are the the. The polarization, I think, is really dangerous. And the idea is that the Constitution is supposed to be this lane in the middle with guardrails that keeps us safe. And, you know, when the states veer one way or the other, that they bring us back to where we should be in the middle. The Department of Justice is suing Texas. Uh, When this first came out yet again, uh, this isn't about me, but I mean, isn't everything. uh, I was like, there's this law called there. There's this precedent called Shelley versus Kramer, where ultimately a state allowed for It was a discriminatory law that, you know, because it's unconstitutional to discriminate on the basis of race, they would let individual homeowners sue uh, people of color that moved in. And the Supreme Court struck that down. Well, that is one of the law or one of the precedents that was brought up in the DOJ's lawsuit against Texas that they argued, you know, Texas is trying to cloak its attack on the constitutionally protective rights behind a nominally private cause of action. but. At the end of the day, who is going to rule on those cases, right? It's judges. And so that is state action. As soon as you sue somebody, you go to court and the judge says, OK, neighbor, suing Heather, you win. Then the, the state has acted in violation of my constitutional rights. Um, is it kind of I mean, like
0: uh, in the firm when it became a federal issue because they put a stamp on the letter they were mailing?
1: You remember? Well, that I do remember what you're talking about. Yes. And you're right. That's how a lot of times people doing stuff in one state get smacked with wire fraud, which is why I think um, possibly, or because you use the mail, um, interstate commerce makes something a federal case. In this case, state action under the 14th Amendment is exertion of power in all state forms. And so that's going to include, you know, Ken Paxton is the attorney general, judges, all that. That's what the DOJ is arguing. Some legal scholars have argued that that's not a good argument, but it's all going to depend. You know, it, the the really shitty thing at the end of the day. Sum it up this way: people who uh, want to collect under this bounty or believe that their moral crusade is more important than a woman's constitutional right are going to threaten, intimidate, sit outside. They already do sit outside of abortion providers. Take down license plates, follow people, get their information, and try to sue them. In the interim, before they do that, abortion providers and others have that it's this chilling effect, right, where people don't want to help women get access. So then we're at an impasse, yeah. right? So, like, it's a I'm a provider, yeah, it's a stalemate. I'm a provider. I could get sued, and and what I do also think, because I'm a conspiracy theorist, my conspiracy is I think that these organizations don't want to sue people because. Strategically, the longer you drag your feet and wait, the fewer abortions are being provided because people are just living under this threat of a bounty. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're going to see there. For I I don't, you know, read every single case that gets filed in Texas every day, but there could be something that's filed already. But from what I could tell, In some cases, I think it will be strategic litigation that they'll file stuff and then really drag their feet. The other problem is like venue you can file. The plaintiff can file in their home county. So that also lets these right to life organizations go in really rural counties and sue people that don't live there with really uh, judges that may be more uh, sympathetic to the right to life organization and you can't transfer it to a proper, uh, you know, proper venue. So here I have a couple questions the first how dare you the
0: second we live in a very conservative state that's obvious there are pockets of liberal cities we happen to live in one of them but for the most part texas is red so when even if we all vote the and by we i mean liberals at the end of the day If more conservatives and Republicans live here, it's going to win out. And even if, like, all of it – you know what I mean? Like, just majority speaking, if we – that's – so what do you do when you're doing everything you can and this is still happening and then you're like, I mean, not everyone can move. You know, you keep seeing, like, well, I'm going to move. I'm not going to support Texas. Great. If you can do that and that's what you want to do, cool. There are uh, millions of people that can't do that. They cannot yeah. afford to to leave here. And, you know, people have, that are canceling their their tours and their things here, if you can afford to do that, that's great. But if, if it comes to your livelihood and supporting for your family or, like, doing a show in a state that is adopting a policy you don't agree with, like, you have to make a choice there. So what can you do if... It's just the at the end of the day, this is a conservative state and that's how it's going to be.
1: It's a great question. I think a couple I'll address a couple of those things. First of all, I think that we're not all voting that I think especially what happened in 2020 or yeah, in 2020, you know, people get more focused on federal, you know, on the yeah, presidential I election. I totally agree. Like we're that. not all voting. And so and also we can't all vote. I think a lot of time. Well, now, especially in Texas, they've they've really tightened the belt on where, when, how, if we could allow mail in ballots. It's under the guise of, you know, it's voter. uh, You know, we're preventing voter fraud. It's a lie. I mean, literally in especially in the Shelby County case, there was like PowerPoints that they said this will harm uh, black and Latino Mm -hmm. neighborhoods. And we're fine with that. Like there are it's again, it's nominally we're not, we're doing this because we care about, it's like, no, voter you're doing Voter because... suppression is real.
0: As someone who needs to get their driver's license reinstated, <laughs> I will tell you right now, voter suppression is real because the amount of hoops I'm going to have to jump through to get my driver's license reinstated is ridiculous. Let's clarify, it expired? It and expired, this was, uh, yes. It's yeah. been longer than two <laughs> years, so I can't just renew driving. it. I have to retake the test. I have to literally retake a driving test and a written yeah. test. And as someone who has means to get a ride to do that, maybe can, you know, has a flexible schedule. Okay. But those things are also aimed at people that can't do that. They, they yes. don't have the means. They don't have a car. They can't take off work. And so guess what? Also, if you don't have a valid driver's license, you can't vote. So it's all cyclical.
1: Yeah. Well, and you say, well, just go get an ID. What's wrong with you? Why can't you get an ID? I don't know if you've ever tried to go anywhere in Texas without a car, but it uh, fucking sucks. Yeah. And there's sometimes there's just literally no sidewalks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. not to mention things are just really far. Just and right now we now a field. Well, and it's crazy backed up, right? We looked mm-hmm. at different DMV places to go on a, a random fun adventure to get Christy a driver's license. And it's like, well, if you drive six yeah. hours, it's and a two-day And I two was about way. to. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So... So, yeah. So to that point, I think we're not all voting. We could be could, could be doing a lot more to advance voter rights. However, if for some, you know, if if it's true that we are just, you know, outnumbered and it's a more we're going to be in a more radically conservative state. Uh, I think that is why we have the Constitution. That's why we have the ability to have the federal government say, hey, 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 like you can't. I mean, this is like back in the 60s when, you know, you say, well, we just live in a state where we want segregated schools. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is that those the folks that have to live in those areas, like you said, it's not just easy to leave that that the, the federal government goes, no, 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 no. Like you there's a baseline of rights that people are entitled to, regardless of what type of state that they, you know red or blue. We're not going to watch that happen to your point of, well, I'm just going to leave the state. Good for you, fantastic. As a person who provided legal services to extremely impoverished people, I will tell you you are abandoning a ton of your neighbors that cannot live, leave, that cannot, you know, that the, they're they're going to suffer even more. Same with, well, I'm taking all my money out of Texas. I listened to uh, it was the takeaway? I think, and they were like, we asked a bunch of fucking people that don't even live in Texas what their thoughts are, and they're like, Texas is a fucking terrible place. I'll tell you right now, it's not. No, lived here and, almost my whole life. Exactly. And my you know what? There's nice neighbors. There's people that I know politically I don't align with that would come if my house was on fire and help me put it out like it's a good neighbor state. What happens is when you have these polarized politicians, you have a lot of money in politics pushing certain candidates. You have, again, this voter suppression so that the makeup of our legislature and our governor doesn't reflect the values of us as, as Texans. And I think that that's where we've kind of like leaned far afield. But I think people feel uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, helpless. And they think, well, I'm just never, you know, I'm not going to buy Tito's vodka anymore. Well, you're lost. Okay. <laughs> or like, I'm not going to, you vodka know, on do the stuff market, out it. Of- so it is, you're lost. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's my fave. So, you know, if if I think people feel hopeless and they're like, well, I'm going to, you know, if we're doing shows here in Texas, I fucking live here, right? Like a bunch of why the women and men and non binary trans people in my life that I love are going to come see our show. I'm not going to punish them because Greg Abbott fucking sucks. And that's,
0: you know, and I mean, I think that's what a big part of it is, is, you know, people are like, Everyone needs to petition Miley Cyrus and Billie Eilish and get them to pull out of an ACL. And I think the thinking is, we'll hit them where it hurts, because the only thing politicians care about is money. So if, if these big corporations start pulling out and the state isn't getting as much money and, and tourism, then that'll hurt them. Perhaps, but also, uh, we're all getting fucked. Like, do, do we all. not get to enjoy nice things? Because... We didn't choose this, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. like, Patton Oswalt just canceled a bunch of his shows here because, or, I'm sorry, that was, um, he canceled a bunch of shows in Florida because they wouldn't adhere to the COVID policies he wanted. But I believe it was Patricia Arquette that just was like, I didn't sign on to do a movie that I wanted to do because it was filming in Texas, Great. If you can afford to do that because you make millions of yes. dollars, and then by all means, if that's how you feel like you can help, go for it. The majority
1: of us cannot do that. And it doesn't help because I'll tell you why. The Texas economy does not need your money. It is based on yeah, oil. Yeah, we got a bunch like, of oil, we make our- so
0: nobody gives a shit about your movie that's being filmed here.
1: Exactly. And so what then again, what you're saying is you're double punishing people because the politicians sure ain't feeling it because the people that are getting Greg Abbott elected and lining his pockets are, you know, oil, coal, mm-hmm. nat gas, all those, you know. So he's not losing any money. The people that live here that already have to suffer are losing out. What you could do, because I think a lot of again, I think those they come from a good place. You want to feel like you're helping. You feel helpless and you're like, ah, I want to punish the state. Well, Greg Abbott lives in a you know mansion. You ain't touching him. He's fine. So you're just punishing the rest of us. So I think, and especially not even us, but you're punishing. I think the people, especially that don't have the means mm-hmm. to get out or to uh, you know fight against this. The TEA, the Texas Equal Access Fund, is a fund that provides direct abortion service care. We're re- we're donating all of our proceeds for our merch and uh, through October to the Center for Reproductive Rights. They're the ones that are actually fighting this in court, and they have said you know Planned Parenthood has uh operations in Texas and they have a uh, legal arm. So if it's a Planned Parenthood provider, they're legally covered. But the Center for Reproductive Rights covers uh independent abortion providers in Texas. So if they get sued for Providing care, the Center for Reproductive Rights would represent them. So that's why we chose that organization, is they are working hard. They've they've been either involved directly in litigation or as amicus for every major reproductive rights uh, case that's come before the Supreme Court since Roe v. Wade. So they're the they're there to make sure there's a baseline constitutional right for everybody. And to that so, point,
0: um, all this 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 law is not going to ban abortion. It's banning healthy abortions. Safe. Safe abortions. I mean, yeah. women are just going to drive to other states or mm-hmm. it's, God forbid, like the back alley type of stuff or or trying to do something theirself. I mean, if you were. Stuff at home. If yeah. you were that desperate, you know, I mean, and then so just women's health is at stake. Their lives are at stake. I just, I, I'm. I, like, I feel like we're living in the twilight zone, that something like this could happen in 2021.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing is, and you're right, and the the uh, liability extends from, so these providers that normally would do it safely, you know, may see a, a patient and say, I can't do it. I refuse to do it. You know, these are other states you can go to. That patient goes home, tries to do it themselves, harms themselves. And we're going to see, you know, a higher death rate, you know, in, in people that are just seeking medical care that they have a constitutional right to access. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally, on the legal side, uh, actually, lawyers, if you the let me if you don't mind me checking my notes, if a lawyer is section four, if a lawyer brings a claim seeking declaratory or injunctive relief on the constitutionality and you don't win, then both. The party, so say I was a lawyer, I am a lawyer, say I'm representing a provider, the party and the lawyer are jointly and severally liable for the fees and things to the other side. So the idea, the whole purpose of this law is a chilling effect to try to keep this scary, looming, mm-hmm. unconstitutional law on the it's books. Fear and it's fear tax And it's fear taxes and it's to scare lawyers away. Because of not pretty- just
0: like, um, it's a financial scare tactic. You're like, oh, well, yeah. I'm going to have to pay my neighbor's court fees if you Mm -hmm. know i mean like there's and like you said there's no loss for somebody being like well i uh you know what i could use ten thousand dollars i'm gonna just sue somebody or take my neighbor to court and like what do you lose out of it
1: yeah you you don't because you don't have to pay uh you don't have to pay court fees and so far it seems that Uh, The pro-life organizations are going to be the ones to take these cases. So the Center for Reproductive Rights have said, listen, we know that we're going to, you know, we have this looming threat that if we don't prevail, we're going to have to pay. We're still going to – we're not scared, ultimately. And that's what it will take is
0: more organizations like that or just attorneys and everything working pro bono and losing – perhaps losing
1: money out of pocket over stuff like this. Which – and you shouldn't because it's all – it's extremely frivolous. All of it's frivolous because at the end of the day, there's no standing. It's not constitutional under the Texas Constitution, and then especially not under the the federal Constitution. So, hopefully, that explained everything. Um, answered questions. I don't. I will say there's a ton of good resources on the internet. I'm not an expert on this. I brushed up on my law well, to prepare a lot
0: of very good questions. So,
1: thank you, thank you. But yeah, I would say you know check out SCOTUS blog is always a good uh website they analyze decisions coming down the pike and and ones that have already been decided and uh there's a guy he's a professor it's like the V O L O K H conspiracy eh, he's pretty independent uh so he's not going to be really progressive and he gave a really good like 10 point takedown of the Biden administration suing the state of Texas and and the reason why I like him is because he's like listen looking at this rationally these are this argument's bad this one's not going to work this one may work you know so he gives a a good kind of um analysis of that lawsuit as well for those of you who want to dig more into it and uh the takedown uh, or not the ta- it's the 10 problems with the United States versus Texas so so
0: as far as you know right now a a private citizen has not tried to sue another citizen
1: not that i've heard please correct me if i'm wrong like i said i haven't been um i have not been Keeping up with this, I think what's more likely to happen would be the uh, place that set up the whistleblower website, yeah. which I sent you some screenshots. <laughs> I went and did so many more. I just got a lot. We've I was, seen, like, I've ins- seen a lot on our Patreon group too, which are fantastic. Yeah, I was like in having some insomnia and I just went on that site and used it as a creative writing project. Where the first they were saying if you copy and paste, like, Fuck you, Greg Abbott, you're a douchebag. They can filter that yeah. out on their. They've taken the website down now. We've destroyed the website. Good. but that if you have like a good faith sounding kind of like a troll copy paste. Yeah. Co- what is it? Copy pasta uh creepy pasta whatever that it they they can't filter those out they have to go through and read them so i was using a lot of names from i think you should leave as the doctor names <laughs> so it was like um taffy Leaf or yeah. whatever and then the paragraphs were i just used it as a creative writing experiment to be like i fell down and it was a pumpkin whatever so um that's That website's been taken down, but I think that organization and others like it, it's more likely that though, because there's no restriction on a nonprofit suing an individual or a provider. Yeah, I think that's what an it'll Uber be. driver or the person that brought her tacos after she had the. Yeah. You know, it's like, at what point, when you say anyone that aids or abets, is it the person who. I Googled where the website was or where the provider location was. Can you sue Google? Because I couldn't have gotten to the abortion provider without Google. Can you sue Google now? That's
0: a good question. Where does, yeah. And because like you said, it's so vague that no one really knows. I I think that what will happen is a pro-life organization. I don't know like the names of the big ones, but I think one of those will be the first person to sue someone and it'll be a big case because I also think, uh, they want to make a name for themselves they want to also they that, want to be the first one to you know i mean what is it they always say in law school you never want a case in
1: the texas yeah textbook. i always say that you don't want your name yeah. you don't want your name to be at the top unless i guess you unless, do here. unless something like this i think you absolutely do so so yeah, yeah. i mean the, in the mean the you know the immediate term i think right now if women in texas need to get abortions they're either going to get it from a provider that is you know Covered by some type of legal representation and is willing to get sued. They're going to have to go out of state, which is a couple hour drive in any direction you go unless you live right on the border. Um, So that, like I said, the Texas Equal Access Fund and there are others. I think Act Blue has a whole page of all the different organizations that uh, provide that kind of care and services. And then we'll see in the medium term, Center for Reproductive Rights and Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are kind of the three big names that are defending providers um, and trying to challenge this. The one other problem, and we'll wrap this up, is that the law has a pretty detailed severability clause. And so, if you sue on one of the provisions of SB eight and the court goes, Oh yeah, you're right. That, that provision is unconstitutional. The law basically says that means it doesn't invalidate the whole law. It just cuts that one part out. So you got to sue for like a hundred things. You would have to sue for every single and be impacted by every. So again, the litigate, the idea I think is that when the litigation is going to start and going to be ongoing, it has to be super thoughtful and very uh, targeted to, to beat this. It's, I mean, it's unprecedented. I'll say Imagine it again. Imagine these
0: politicians use their powers for good.
1: Oh, I don't know, for making sure my fucking electricity yeah. doesn't set off if it gets either too hot or too yeah. cold. Yeah, which uh, yeah, that'd be somebody great. told me the other day, I'm supposed to have another winter like that. So
0: awesome. Oh, God. Awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome. Can't take it. Yeah.
1: Cannot take it. I'm a. I'm now a prepper in my house because I'm like, I'm going to sleep next to the fireplace again. Great. Mm-hmm. Um. So and then in the long term, I would keep an eye out for that Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, uh, which is that Mississippi law that's going to get decided. I am really trying to just like hold out hope that. I mean, the the idea, the idea, the arguments right now is either that's going to happen and if they do overturn Roe v. Wade, what will we do? In the interim, Nancy Pelosi tried to introduce a bill that would codify abortion as a federal, you know, we all have a right to it under federal law. Uh, That's not going to pass the Senate because they haven't gotten rid of the filibuster. So don't hang your hat on the the House bill right now. I think that's another thing that, again, politicians are motivated by many things, some of it self-interest. So. I think they genuinely do believe that that's a right, but also, like, it's um, not going to work. Like, I think it's – there's, like, zero chance that it's going to pass the Senate. So um, what we – another thing we're looking to – I say we like I'm in the government. I'm in charge of anything. I think another thing that people are looking to – Thank you. I think Judge Christie should be in the Supreme Court. y'all don't even know. I mean, I think everybody knows (laughs) how I'd rule – double gavel that shit mm-hmm. um but i think there's also been discussion of court packing which i think um at first glance it sounds radical to add more supreme court justices but i don't think that would be a whole other episode we could talk about court packing i don't think it's that radical i think that it would uh it would behoove us to possibly have God, some more imagine um, if rbg was still alive this wouldn't we wouldn't be here. Mm. But we shouldn't have to hang our hat on one person, right? No, like we, we should shouldn't. have, you know.
0: So And in the meantime, donate. If this is something that you are opposed to, you can donate. There is a uh countrywide march on October second, the repro march that I believe all states now have um cities that are participating in the march. So Things like that. The more people speak out, it's hard to ignore the masses. So, make your voice heard wherever wherever you can.
1: Vote, vote, yeah. vote, and keep your eye on voting restrictions in uh, near you. Yeah, for sure, they're probably
0: coming. And I will say, to wrap it up, all of the people in the Patreon group who, when this came out, were just oh. like, I was literally sitting. I'm gonna like cry thinking about it. Sitting there sobbing when people were like hey uh if anybody needs to come to arkansas for a week i got a spare bedroom no questions asked and it was just a hundred comments of people from everywhere saying you you can come here i've you can you know like i'll i'll drive you so that is what we need it's like women supporting women and not just women supporting the way you know everyone supporting Women, because I passionately feel that we all have a right to this, and Mm -hmm. the more people um, speak up for things like this, and the harder it
1: is for these rights to be overturned. So use your voice. Yes, and I think educating yourself is important as well, but I I will – I always caution folks about – uh, just keep an eye out where the information is coming yeah. from, because I think it can be easy. That's why I like to read stuff from law professors or constitutional scholars versus this is a really like a religious uh thing or a really progressive or thing. You on just either end, any... meme on Facebook and it's just May- gets yes.
0: shared, and you're, it's this echo chamber of just misinformation. That stuff is very mm-hmm. dangerous.
1: Yeah, I think it's it, yeah. You're exactly right. So don't don't get your info from a meme. I think it's good to to dig <laughs> in. I, although it's a meme I meme that
0: Heather posts on Tuesdays about our episodes <laughs> on Wednesday, you can get your information from those. I do. I, I, I put my heart into those memes. <laughs> yeah, I think you should leave one. Even Billy Jensen liked it. So I was dead.
1: Billy Jensen. <laughs> I loved Commented it. on my I think you should leave meme with a quote from I it think you great. should leave, and then we commented back with a quote. I was like, I just quoted I think you should leave with Billy Jensen. My life is complete. It was fantastic. <laughs> (laughs) he's the best though he's just of course he loves yeah of course yeah super great guy all right guys well
0: um we hope that's answered a lot of questions for those of you that have been reaching out and maybe um provided some ways that that you can help or you know if you were kind of on the fence about i don't really know how to think about this perhaps it swayed you uh one way or the other so we appreciate you listening and having an open mind and um Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy.